Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Drink It In The Podcast Season 7. We call this the bonus round. I have all these different guests that tap into different areas that I've touched on in my previous seasons. But this guest happens to touch on two of our seasons. And I thought it was so unique to have her on. Of course, she was quite nervous. She was, you can ask me all those questions, right? But I said, no, we'll, we'll see how the conversation flows. But what's also very nice before I let you know and have her introduce herself is that this is a new friend of mine. We met last summer. She just recently had moved to town and I was super thrilled and excited to meet her because first I just dabbled in meeting her via social media. And then after we actually met, we then became carpool buddies. So we do carpool together for our kids in the same school. Best experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was super exciting. And then let's put more on that icing on that cake. We then attended a retreat together in May, which really I think solidified getting to know each other a little bit better and seeing different aspects of our lives uh, through different lenses without children around, which is also very rewarding. So without further ado, let me introduce you. This is Stephanie. Stephanie, Hi. could you introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Uh, my name is Stephanie um, Pollock. And like Jordana said, I am new to the I grew up in the tri-state area of Brooklyn, um, but I had lived in Florida for almost 10 years. And then I moved up two years ago already. Um, June of 2020, I moved up not knowing that I was going to be staying here. And, um, and now I live here in Clifton. And um, that's, that's, you know, that's the abridged version of it all. <laughs> Okay, so thank you, Stephanie. So it's interesting is that the two topics that Stephanie really touches on uh, is the season of rise to the challenge, going through some sort of life struggle and rising above it. And the other thing is that Stephanie by profession is a life coach. Am I correct, Stephanie? Correct. Yes. Okay, so we're going to try to intertwine both of these seasons and both both of these ideas into one episode. So Stephanie's ready. She, she's going to follow my lead. And here sure. we go, Stephanie. Here we go. First of all, I am. Oh, like time. yes. Time drink it in. We got to drink it in, but we're, she's drinking water. I'm drinking coffee. So just FYI, everybody on that one. But of course, we got to get that drink in. It's always important. You know, just, just a funny story about that. I was, uh, it was just the beginning. I think it was last week in the school where I work there were a lot of parents coming in for the early childhood graduations, pre-1A, kindergarten, nursery. And I'm walking in the hallway and a woman just stops me. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I didn't really know who she was. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I work here. She goes, you work here? You're my Facebook friend. You do, what's that thing? I said, drink it in. She goes, yeah, drink it in. I didn't know you work. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I work. <laughs> So I guess it's, it's like a so mom funny. who sends her kids to uh, early childhood by me. But yeah, so I'm all about the drinking it in. And that's purely. That's spiritual. Yeah, it was hysterical. But anyway, okay. Now, Stephanie, you yes. have, let's say, let's, let's, I think they've been intertwined with each other a little bit. 
Um, you have also a social media platform. So can you explain to everybody with your social media platform, is that, is that something that is professional for you? Is it something that is personal for you? Is it intertwined together? Let me, let me get your, your take on it and then let everyone know what your handle is also. So, um, I guess for starters, my handle is at Stephanie Pollack, P-O-L-L-A-K, not with a C. Um, and so as for my, you know, my social media presence, um, my goals within it have always been to, you know, give over messages of person of taking on personal responsibility and of hope hope within self hope within you know a greater sense of you're part of a bigger picture and like you know in the world um what my social media presence used to look like until about a year and a half ago was a lot of that was a lot of 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 experience that i had given over in messages in stories in in lunchbox love notes that I used to do with my son, you know, back in the day, um, all these different things with gratitude lists that I used to write. About a year and a half ago, I kind of took a step back from that. There was a lot that was happening simultaneously. I had gotten engaged within days, my father's health seriously declined, which sped up the date of when we actually got married. And there were just so many things that were happening. Um, simultaneously that I felt that I had to take a step back um, and focus on my inner circle. My inner circle meaning me, my child, a new husband, my family, and 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 now you know a dog. <laughs> and you know all, all and I, I love Pepper so much. Uh, you know, I had to focus on my inner circle. So my outer circle, which was everything else, um, you know, needed to take a little bit more, not a back seat but I had to show up first primarily for here. So my social media was kind of the place where I showed who I am and who I was. Um, and you know, now when I do post here and there, I haven't done so much. It really shows um, a reflection of who I am in my growth process, but social media is not a journal for me. You know, I have to first experience, I have to first learn it, I have to first process all of it. And then I could show up and give over that experience, strength and hope. So there's kind of like, it kind of goes hand in hand that I share from my experience. Um, um, but it, it doesn't mean it's like, it's strictly professional, it's strictly, you know, you know, uh, personal. Right. And the reason why I'm asking so interesting, you use the exact word that my daughter uses so funny when you said it's not a journal for me. So I, I find I find also for myself, uh, my account is also very much not purely professional, not purely personal. Right. It's like a combination of both. And so my daughter always says to me, I always mention my daughter in every podcast or my children, I realized. Anyway, so <laughs> just a big part of my life. They're your inner circle. Yeah. And my daughter's like, Ima, this is not a journal for you. You want a journal, set something up. Let's not like put all this out there sometimes, okay? And I'm like, okay, she was, or maybe open up a separate account. I know you find it so therapeutic. And I'm like, because oh. so <laughs> it's very relatable for the yes. next person. You don't know what they'll touch on and right. what you can do to that other person. But it's really hard to find that balance. balance. Especially yes. when you're yes. especially when you're in that experience in the moment. 
Correct. You know, so Correct. I had to take that step back for myself because I deserved that space. And so did the people around me. I needed to show up solely for myself and not have outside um, influences get involved in that, in that kind of way. So isn't it funny? Now we're touching on a different season and I didn't even think we were going to touch on that. Now we're touching on social media. Where's the line, but <laughs> we got it. We we're going to take it now to let's, let's transition to the season of rise to the challenge. Cause I, I have a feeling and maybe I'm wrong. I have a feeling that a lot of it has to do stems from a, a major challenge that you went through in your life. Would you like to share that a little bit with the audience of this challenge to whatever you feel comfortable sharing, obviously? No. Um, so uh, I, I, throughout life, I've realized that the word for me that makes the most sense is uh, now on the other side of it is opportunities. Right. You know, so but the initial challenge with it all, honestly, was um, being a first generation American to immigrant parents who were children of Holocaust survivors. So mm-hmm. we can end the conversation right there <laughs> on just that piece alone. Um, but I think that the, that the, 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 the challenge, the opportunity that I rose to, um, that I think we're, ta- we're talking about is my previous marriage with um, my high school sweetheart, we started dating, you know, in the beginning of 10th, when I was in 10th grade and high school, and I ended up marrying him. And within our, throughout our marriage, he was struggling. So prior, but I didn't really have much understanding and knowledge and on, you know, what denial really was as well. You know, it's a key word for me, um, was that he was struggling with a drug and gambling addiction. Um, and throughout the course of our marriage. And by the age of 25, of only 25, I became a widow and a parent, uh, a sole parent to a two and a half year old boy that I was raising on my own. Mm. Um, So that was basically the main challenge. We can go to the next challenge of dating as a single mother in today's day. Uh, you know, that's a different challenge. And that's know. another season. Uh, single mom. Another season. <laughs> right. I'm getting everywhere. You're getting everything, Stephanie. <laughs> but but honestly, obviously, that is the the that was the big um that was the big um moment in my life. That was a that was a life shift for me of being in that marriage, what I took in that marriage and what I've gained as a result of it. Right. Oh. right. 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 Can I, can I ask you a question? I know it's not on, on the questions that I sent just out of curiosity, something I wanted to ask, cause I, I, I struggle with this. So that's why if you realize my podcast is all about my relating to it and my trying right. to face my opportunities to the best way I can and make them, uh, um, victories, I would say. And right. so I, 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 I gain knowledge from everybody that I interview. So I have a question for you especially since you say you guys were high school sweethearts, were there signs as they call it these days, red flags, um, and you ignored the red flags, you didn't understand the red flags or, or there were no red flags. This is something that developed only later on in the marriage, just out of curiosity. I'm just asking, cause I, I stink at red flags. So I'm just, I'm just curious. Oh, they were, there were fields of flags. Okay. fields of flags ranging between the colors of orange and red you know okay. it was like a dripping, dripping red I guess <laughs> yeah honestly I, I and I always want to like you know clarify my my late husband was a phenomenal phenomenal heart of a human he was sick mm. um and I 
I chose being in a relationship with him all those years because there was something that it, it was filling a void, that excitement, that need to fix, that need to be needed, all of those things I was able to give in that relationship. And it felt great until it felt so depleting. But right. that wasn't until later on. But there was a point, there were points where, you know, throughout the course of our dating until we actually got married, where there were breakups because I was depleted, but I didn't understand what those things meant because mm -hmm. I had no concept or understanding of feelings. I didn't, I didn't have a, a, a vocabulary of feelings. And I was always told what I felt and how I felt, which was often scared and shame. You know, there was fear always, and there was criticism always. And um, those were the only two emotions that I probably was only able to identify. Mm. And, and that's what I do, you know, as a coach, I, you know, it's not just life coach, because that's, that's a big buzzword. I really focus on mindset. I really focus on a spiritual relationship with yourself and with, you know, a higher power, Hashem, however it is you want to look at it. And it was through those techniques and those things that I learned throughout the course and going backwards, not to get stuck there, but as a learning opportunity to realize patterns of that repeated itself that showed up in our marriage, you know, that showed up again, early on in dating again, mm. you know, until I really had to learn and, and dig deep as to where this is all stemming from, you know, and the feelings, the emotions that are involved in it, not to let them consume me, but to respect them and work through them. That's, that's what I do. That's, that's mm. what I've done for myself. And that's what I'm so passionate about. I love that. I, I so, so connect a lot of things that you were saying, especially when you spoke about being the fixer. Uh, that's definitely a role that I played as a young girl in my household. And then, yeah, I would, I felt this need. I have to be with people. I have to help them help, 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 help. And I'm not even helping myself. The need like, to be needed. Right. It's, it was, um, very scary. And yeah. And, and I try so hard now when I'm dating, I'm in the dating uh, world and yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it is difficult to decipher and to, to hopefully categorize things appropriately um, and to weigh them out. So I, I, I get that a hundred percent where you see things. And I'm also trying to work- Like to weigh them out and to like to weight them out. Right, <laughs> that's that true power too. in the pause, you know, between yes. those two. Yes, for yes. sure. I think, I think another big one of mine is that I, um, I always make excuses for people. So that's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's my big thing and that I'm working through right now with my therapist, but, um, for sure, like just making excuses. Um, and, and then I, 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 I cover it up like in this religious concept. Oh, I'm being down the foot. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, like I, I cover it up and make it look so pretty and nice as if I am this wonderful human being that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And it's, it's not, it's not, it's not the case. So it's right. damaging, but I want to talk about that. Okay. You went through that struggle. Life goes on. Is that where you got the, um, the will or the desire to become this coach or, or was it something you always wanted to do? You were doing it before and now you're just more passionate about it. I had no idea I was doing it for so many years. I was that person who would um, have 
breakfast, lunch, and like early snack at the same cafe in Florida because I had different sessions with different people who wanted to meet with me and schmooze with me. I'll pay for, you know, or meeting in Starbucks. I was drinking, I would be like this some days, <laughs> drinking Starbucks, shaking, you know, because I would be meeting up or a rand, or sitting in Starbucks and someone just feeling comfortable and safe to open up to me and they'll become a whole conversation. So that's kind of where it stemmed. I was doing this for years without realizing it. I was that I was a person that many people turned to and came to to discuss things and just to be a safe voice of reason and non-judgment. Um, and I, I, eventually it developed into wanting to really gain more skills on this and to, you know, make it into something bigger and to and something more serious. Right. And it wasn't yeah. hard when you transitioned to New York or you just did clients via Zoom that you already had previously? Um, so it's all, it's all Zoom. It's all Zoom. It's all Zoom. Um, I, there's always people that showed up, you know, there are just always people in life that have always, um, you know, reached out. And I feel very lucky to be that person to, you know, have whatever experience they've been through um, and have a clear sense of self. And not only that, have my own mentors and my own coaches and my own system of people that I could feel safe to bounce off and have a, you know, a, a clearer way of viewing a perspective or have an, another way of, of viewing something. Um, I'm not, I'm not on any sort of pedestal in any, in any sort of way. So, um, you know, so for, there have always been people that I've, I've been schmoozing with, you know, when I first moved up and I was in the bungalow colonies for those two summer months, and that's where I thought it was going to like start and end. Um, there were people who showed up there, you know, in other bungalow colonies or I'd meet up with different people for lunch again, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it, it just, it, there's always people, there's always, there's always people that have come up. God sends them. Yeah, I think I think it's because it's obvious your demeanor is so soft and calming. It's not only, you know, people can't see you right now. It's not only your body language, but we could hear your voice and your voice itself is a very soothing, calming voice. And, and the words you use are are very appropriate. And like you said, so non-judgmental. You don't there's not one ounce of judgment coming from you in any shape or form and, 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 and I pray also, for it, you know, yeah. every day I write my, 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 I, I have one of those things that I post every day of like a daily to-do list and it's judge favorably, including myself, show compassion, including myself, be kind, be patient and be slow to anger and right. drink your water. <laughs> you it's on the list. That's on it's the to-do list too. That's so funny. You so know? Um, when you were going through your struggle, what, what did you find to be your greatest support. Not that it could be a person, it could be something you read, it could be something that something else that you went through. What what seemed to have carried you through it? My grandmother. Mm. My paternal grandmother who was who wasn't alive mm. at the time. Um, um when um the Saturday night after he, he, he had passed on an Arab Shabbos on a Friday. And we, I, I told one sibling um, of his and he told the other one, the other one was in Israel and it was very Shabbos, whatever. I made it very clear not to tell anybody 
until after Shabbos, because there's nothing that we can do about it over Shabbos anyway. You can't mourn, you can't do anything. Um, but after Shabbos, I told his parents, I told my parents, I told my family, and we told you know whoever needed to know about the passing. Um, my oldest sister um, came down um, from where she was living in Florida, um, about 40 minutes away. And she stayed with me that whole night while I packed and got ready for the Lulavaya, for the funeral, for Shiva, and for being in New York for that summer. Um, and she said, she said one thing to me. She reminded me of our Bobby Edis, who we were both very close with. Um, and she said, um, Bobby Edis would always say, there is no such thing as being depressed in Auschwitz. Because if you were depressed, then you were dead. Right. Which is pretty heavy things to say to somebody, you know, like, right. you know, in that moment. But I think what she meant in that moment was, Stephanie, remember your DNA. Remember you're strong. Remember that you are, um, that this dark tunnel that you're in is only a tunnel and you're not stuck there. There's no door at the end of it. There's no rock that's blocking it. And that if you go into that place of, of that, this is it, I'm stuck. There's nothing else to live for. Then you're dead. And then, then you have nothing else to live for. And st like, Stephanie, you have so much to live for. And there's so much hope in life that if you're only going to focus on that one area that is so, so debilitating at times, then you're just going to stay stuck there. And then you're going to fall into that rabbit hole and go into that quicksand of doomsday, so to speak. And so I think that her message to me was, remember your DNA, remember how strong you are. Remember that you were never stuck where you are. Um, my grandmother was a very feisty little woman with blue eyes as that were like this blue as the sky and, you know, a gorgeous smile. Thanks to a great dentist who made the best, the best dentures, but, you know, but she, um, but she was a very strong woman who survived. So she reminded me in that moment, Stephanie, that you have already survived making the changes prior, but now you're just, you're going to fly. Mm -hmm. And also in that message was, don't make it about you. Don't look for the self-seeking, self-pity, you know, that like, oh, woe to me. You know, there's just something greater in your life than just self. And there's something bigger in life than the problem that you're stuck in right now. And that message has been a, a, a rock for me, a reminder for me in the darkest and most confusing and terrifying moments in my life um, that were so unpredictable. But it's about mindset. It's about that that shift uh, that we always have that we can always make, that choice we can always make. And in that moment, I chose my DNA, and we all have it. We're all we're Jewish. We're Jewish. We're, we're some children. We have it in our DNA of to, to be that strong. You just have to find who that person in, in your life, who that initial survivor in your life, you know, to tap into and right. to know that you have it. You know. So funny, it's, it reminds me of Dr. Edith Eager's book, The Choice. I love her. Right? Yeah. Yeah, her. that was also, that I, book was definitely like. As I read it, I'm like, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> like, like, this is so my grandmother, you know? But yeah, that yeah. book really was was a foundational piece for me in different at a different stage in my life. Yes. You know? Yeah. So if anyone is listening, you haven't read Dr. Edith Eager's book, go get it. The Choice. Books. Right? Yeah. yeah, she had the gift too, but the choice yeah. was really outstanding. So yeah. now, 
I, I want to go shift a little bit into your professional aspect. When you're looking at your career now, what would you say was like a low and then let's go to the high? What would be a low in your career? A low in my career, um, you know, in this process um, has been having to end it with a client. Mm. Um, I can only show up with like a hundred percent, but if a person isn't willing to put in all the effort to make the changes that they truly want, there's only so much that I can do. Right. Sometimes they're not ready and that's, that it's not a judgment on them. I'm not like a, I'm not like a money hungry person. I, I, I want to see the results. I want to see you live your fullest potential. So, you know, so the times where I've had to, you know, close, you know, close the chapter, uh, let's say sooner than anticipated, it was what was best for me and best for them in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was, you know, that was definitely, that was definitely, you know, some low, like a low moment where to see a person be so stuck in a victim mindset mm -hmm. um, and to stay on that carousel, I, I can inspire from today to tomorrow. A person can look on Instagram and be inspired by a quote, but until you take that, you know, that inspiration and put it into action, there's nothing there. Inspiration is fleeting. It doesn't last. You know, this, you know, we know this, but it's that, it's that dedication that leads to repeated patterns and habit changes and mindset changes that leads to permanent change. Right. Um, so until a person gets to that place, there's only so much another person can do, right. you know, sometimes it could become too toxic because then again, there's that depleted, like now am I here to serve Hashem and to serve him and to help his daughters? Or am I looking for the spotlight of being the savior in a person's life? You know, mm -hmm. um, that's not what I'm looking to be. So if I'm noticing that it is too consuming and it's unhealthy and it's an unhealthy boundary that I may be crossing. Mm -hmm. That's where I have to reevaluate. So the, that, you know, it, it's a learning process, but it's still a low. It still feels hard. It's still an uneasy feeling. Um, to shift gears, yeah. the high moments. The high, let's do positive. You the know, high. the high is, is, is definitely like the proud moments is the, it, that constant contact that I have with the people that I've helped. Whether it was before I was an official coach or, you know, the days prior to that, um, that constant contact that people have with me, filling me in on their lives. Even once I, you know, close the chapter, you know, with, with a client, uh, them wanting to continue this relationship, this connection, I'm, I'm, I'm part of their life. I'm part of their family. I've, I've, I, I have, you know, not just helped them, but I've helped their whole home life. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, to see how they, learn new boundaries and learn what boundaries meant. That's always like the hardest part of understanding what that word even means for many and to help them empower themselves to maintain that, um, you know, is, is, is huge. It's a huge accomplishment. And to see that and to get those messages at random times of how they used a tool that we've worked on, you know, it is just their proud moments or my proud moments, you know? Yeah. So I just want to touch on when you spoke about the low, 
it's so it's so interesting right and we used to always say uh knowledge is power you know we were like so it was like a big mantra uh, way back when and then as time went on it, knowledge is power but it's not backed up with any action like you said it could only take you so far so it's like it's not enough knowledge is not enough there has to be tremendous amount of action and and i think that's part of this whole internet and google you you could get so much information right like, you know like you said you could find a quote be inspired but if you're not going to take that action then it's not going to get you anywhere and then when you spoke about the high what i loved it reminded me of how in uh, the Torah, we talk about Abraham when he comes over to Israel. And it says, the people that he made back in the country of Haran. Wow. And so Rashi on the spot says, who are these people that he made? So one opinion is it's the slaves and, and the maidservants that he brings with him. Another one is it's the people that he converted. What does it mean? He made them. When you influence a person, when you are impactful in their lives, you made them. Now, you didn't make them who they are today, but you had a portion in it. You had a part of them. A part of you is now in a part of them. And I think that's, that's, that's the message you were saying. And I think that's really, really beautiful. You know, when, and, when you feel vested. You right. Doing. And, and you know, you, you know David very well, or, you know, my son. Yeah. Um, and I one of the messages that I've taught him very early on, and I wish it was discussed more is that an influencer has become, you know, one of these buzzwords also. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody is an influencer. Right. Every single person, you know, you posted a video with that little girl who does like the singing and, you know, Dino, <laughs> so your daughter, she's an influencer. Right. She's an influencer. Everybody is an influencer. What you can influence for the bad, you can influence for the good. Right. But everybody has that power. Right. And, and speaking about David and the carpool, remember that time you had told me, I didn't even know I was influencing him. I was repeating the story to my son, the cup. right with the cop. And he listened. And then you had called me to tell me, wow, what a lesson. He really listened. I'm like, okay. That's really like kids listen to everything. everything. Pay more attention. <laughs> you better be careful. Oh, no. But yeah. So thank, yeah. thank God good things are spoken about in the car. So yeah. So now if somebody oh, one last question and then we'll mm -hmm. talk about how people can contact you what would you like everyone or what would you like to be remembered for to be the person who taught them how to be thankful for things in their life okay. and to express gratitude and recognizing the source of it all mm, beautiful you're mini avraham <laughs> Mini Avram Avinu, got stuff. It's in my DNA, just it's like Bobby. Your, yeah, that's right. It's in my DNA, your DNA, everyone's DNA. Thank God. Beautiful, beautiful, Stephanie. So if somebody wanted to contact you, what's the best way to contact you, Stephanie? Um, Instagram message is fine. Um, it's good. If you can email me, um, I'll give you my email address. Also, it's intentionalbalanceconsulting at gmail.com. Very long, I know. <laughs> Again, um, but um, but those are you know two two ways that I could be reached um, one way or another. Okay, great. So when we post this, I will put your email address. I'll put your handle. We'll be good to go. And I want to thank you, Stephanie. You really touched on so many of the seasons. This was a true true bonus episode with you. It's a privilege awesome. to be part of it. Thank you, Jordana, so much. My pleasure. Bye. Bye.